All right, how are you guys all doing this morning? All right, so for the three of you that are excited to be here, I'm so glad to have you. Um, the word for the summit is never. It's an invitation to grow in the grit necessary to follow Christ. Uh, you're here at the Tuesday morning uh, chapel, which means you guys mean it, right? You guys actually care about this stuff deeply, and I'm excited uh, to have you. And uh, I've kind of reserved what I would think is the most challenging talk for you, so you're welcome. Um, it's not challenging because it's a new learning. Um, it's challenging because uh, this talk can call you to a new life. Um, it's really not even hard to understand. I'm not even trying to be hard to understand. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, but it is hard to live out. And so I would encourage you to take the teaching that we're talking about today and to Try to apply it to your actual life, and uh, that will call you to a new level uh, because we're going to be talking about obedience. And uh, the question for the morning is this, what do you do when what you want and what God wants are not the same? That's the question. What do you do when what you want and what God wants are not the same? Do you have the grit to bow in obedience, or do you rise up in willfulness? This question has huge implications for your life. It's actually core to your life. Uh, my aim is to motivate you this morning towards obedience and away from willfulness. And I want to uh, begin by delivering a powerful truth uh, about obedience that I think uh, you would want to know, you would want to write down. Uh, perhaps, if you're into that kind of thing. And uh, so, here's the truth, and it's kind of going to guide us today. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's blessing. All right, say it with me. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's blessing. All right, now like you mean it. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's blessing. That's right. It doesn't mean you get whatever you want. I'm not talking about some prosperity gospel thing. Don't get lost in that. I'm talking about blessing. I'm talking about favor. If we have time at the end, I'll unpack a little bit about what I think uh, God's blessing might look like. Uh, but uh, it's a good thing, and you want it. And when you bow in obedience, you will rise in God's blessing. This is true in any arena of your life. The same arenas we were kind of talking about last night. If you were to bow in obedience in your relationships or in your family, in your career or your career aspirations, if you're to bow in obedience in your finances, in your character, or in your faith, you will rise in God's blessing in that arena. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's blessing. And this should fire you up for obedience. It really should. You're, you're not as excited as you should be. This should fire you up for obedience because it unlocks the blessing of God in your life. The problem is we have this other thing inside of us called willfulness that works against obedience. And so uh, what uh, willfulness and obedience are opposites. Willfulness is about what you want, and obedience is about what God wants. And they're opposites. And listen, obedience would be easy if it wasn't for willfulness that we all have inside of us, that thing that rises up when we're not getting what we want and says, no, 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 right? As a matter of fact, all of us have it. Say to the person next to you, 
you're obedient, you better listen, or you're, you're willful, you better listen up. Say it to the person next to you. You're willful, you better listen up. Say back to them, you're not the boss of me, I do what I want. Isn't that fun? We got to say that more in life, don't we? All of us are willful, all of us want what we want. It's a, it's, our willfulness is unreasonable as it is unrelenting. I remember uh, one story that happened in my life several years ago. This is embarrassing stuff. I don't know why I share this stuff, but this is amazing how willful I am. We had a couple over uh, spending the night. This is like a missionary, just sweet, precious ministry couple. And we, were, we had them over for dinner, and then we had dessert. Now, dessert was my wife's banana bread. How many of you are fans of banana bread? Oh, my. And my wife makes unbelievable banana bread. And so we had dessert, and I noticed that there was one piece of banana bread left after dessert. And I wanted that piece for the next morning. And so I took it, and I put it in the back of the fridge. You know what I'm talking about, right? I hid it in the back of the fridge, covered it up with stuff so that no one could see what it was, and set my alarm for earlier than anyone else was getting up, I thought. And uh, I was like, I had this picture in my head that I was going to have my Bible open and a cup of coffee and banana bread. And so I woke up that next morning, and I was taking, I was taking care of this precious thing. And, and, you know, you put it in the microwave because you want it warm, right? Banana bread is so much better warm, but, I, but you don't want it to be dry, so I put like a moist towel over it. Right, a, mo- a moist, pe- you know, because because you, you don't want the microwave to dry that thing out, and so that works. And so I had it in there, and while it was in the microwave, our guest, the the lady, came upstairs, and and uh, uh, from our basement, uh, and she just started, uh, you know, she was just kind of there, and just really annoyingly there, right? And and so I pulled the banana bread out of the microwave, and I set it on the counter, and I started taking butter and lathering butter on top of it, and she was eyeballing my piece of banana bread, the only one left. And I realized I had a moment. I had like a choice, right? I could either be a great host and give her the banana bread, or I could do what I wanted to do and have my piece of banana bread that I saved for me. And uh, so I was a good host. I actually gave her the banana bread, and, which felt like a huge victory, but it's, it's very, the victory is lessened by the fact that I, so now she's eating. I can't watch it. I have to go upstairs. I have to leave her. <laughs> like, I can't watch her eating this thing. And I promise you this happened. I shed a tear <laughs> over a piece of banana. I promise you, just a little, oh, she took my bread. It's my banana bread. That's willfulness, a thing in you that just wants what you want. And the other, uh, the other day, I was, uh, I was thinking, I want some P.F. Chang's. You ever have that feeling, just the, the P.F. Chang's feeling? All my willfulness stories, I guess, are about food this morning. I don't know what that means. And I wanted Chang's like now, not like in 10 minutes. I wanted lettuce wraps now. And the problem is it was 7.30 a.m. I wanted breakfast Chang's, you guys. I, I did. I wanted to have breakfast Chang's. And so... Uh, I, had to, I called up the, the P.F. Chang's near our house. They don't open until 11.30. And so I was just mad for four hours because I couldn't have what I wanted. That's what willfulness is like. It wants what it wants. And God will not bless our willfulness. In any arena of your life, if you rise up in willfulness, in your relationships, in your family, in your career, finance, character, whatever it is, 
whenever you rise up in willfulness and just do what you want, you step outside of the blessing of God. See, it would be easy to talk about obedience if it wasn't for the willfulness thing. And the reality is most of us are far more willful than we think we are. But most of the time, our willfulness is hiding. Let me demonstrate. See, most of the time, what we want, and which is, can be characterized by that box, and what God wants, which can be characterized by this box, most of the time, it's the same. And it's really hard to tell if you're willful or if you're obedient. The only time you can ever know how, how willful you really are is when you, what you want and what God wants is different. Suddenly, willfulness exposes itself. Let me uh, demonstrate. How many of you uh, one day or now want to be a good husband or a good wife? How many of you want that? Great. How many of you think it's going to be easy to submit to each other daily out of reverence for Christ? How many of you feel like that's going to be a piece of cake? Of course not. Listen, because you want what, you, you want what God wants. But as soon as you decide, uh, you know, as soon as we're talking about reverence, it's not what you want. Way more difficult. Or uh, let's demonstrate this one. Uh, how many of you want to, to, uh, to be a radical follower of Jesus? How many of you are all about that? You want to follow Jesus better than you do today? Great. How many of you think it's easy to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you, like Jesus said, one of you, and I, I don't believe you? Um, so, so essentially, when what we want and what God wants is the same, you can't tell if you're willful. It's easy to be in a relationship when what you want is the same. It's hard to be in a relationship when what you want is different. This is true in any relationship. This is true in marriage. Marriage is easy when what you want is the same. It's, uh, this is why watching engaged couples or newlywed couples uh, is so fun because they think that they have so much alike. And, uh, you know, they just, they're just so happy because they have... You know, we're just we're so similar, and that's why we're together. And then they get married and live together for like two weeks. And what they realize is they're not the same at all. They're different. As a matter of fact, in God's kindness, opposites attract. And then they get married, and then they want to kill each other. That's called marriage. <laughs> it's easy when it's the same. It's true in parenting. Parenting is super easy when you're giving your kids what they want. And it's way more complicated when what you're doing is not what they want. Willfulness rises up, even in adorable kids. I came across this humorous video of a kid whose dad is trying to buckle her up in, in the car seat. And, he want, and she wants to do it herself. So uh, she keeps telling uh, her dad to worry about herself. Worry about herself. Let's enjoy this. It's like uh, 45 seconds. Enjoy this uh, little video. Can I help? No. I'll help. I don't. You can help when more I'll keep you, okay? You can help when we are you. Yeah, do you okay. have do you have Mr. Probably. You want me to help Ross? No. Thank you. No, thank you. What do you want me to do? Why about yourself? <laughs> Worry about 
do this one, so I'm um, gonna do that. You try! <laughs> what about yourself? Go die! <laughs> <laughs> Really, we're going to clap over that, are we? That's, well, that's willfulness, and it's cute in a little kid. And that's all that it's cute in. Relationships are difficult when what you want is different. It's true in every relationship, and it's true in our relationship with God. Here's my point. You have to pay special attention to yourself and what you do when what you want and what God wants is different. It's the only time you will ever know how willful you really are. It could be that you think you're obedient, but it's fake obedience. It's just willfulness hiding. Because what you want and what God wants is the same. You can only tell when it's different. This is what the Apostle Peter finds out in our Never passage this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 16. You can open your Bibles there. Uh, it will be on the screen as well. Let me give you kind of the backstory. Uh, it's been about a year, maybe a little more, since Peter's left everything to follow Jesus. And it's been an unbelievable, fantastic year of same. Everything that Jesus did is what Peter would also want. It's the same, right? Uh, Jesus is the best teacher anyone's ever heard. Same. Peter loves that. Uh, Jesus is healing people. Crowds are following him. Same. Peter loves that. Je as a matter of fact, Peter, uh, Jesus had just got done telling Peter that he was what Peter hoped he was, the Messiah, the Son of God, same, and that Peter would be a large part of the most awesome movement of God on earth. It's all been the same until verse 21 in Matthew 16. Let's uh, read it together. In, in verse 16, it says, from that time on, because Jesus had never said this before, the disciples did not know this information. Jesus began to explain to the disciples, he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. That was the first time Peter ever heard that, and it was the first time that Peter ever found different. Wait a minute, that's not the same. I don't want that. And look how Peter responds. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This is the first time Peter has heard about the cross. It's the first time anything that's happened between him and Jesus is different. And he pulls Jesus aside and rebukes him. It's a tough day, right? Willfulness that had been hiding all along rises up and tells Jesus what he thinks he should do. This is a huge expression of willfulness, this word never. I was talking to a young man a while back who grew up at our church, 12 Stone, and went off to college, started drifting in his faith. And uh, he got in touch with me and said he wanted to sit down and talk, so I was sitting down with him. He said, well, I'm really struggling with God. I've been uh, meeting all kinds of people who aren't Christians for the, kind of the first time, and I just don't see how a good God could send these people to hell. And then he said these words, I could never follow a God like that. Hear it? I could never follow a God like that. So I told him, listen, 
when you say that, when you say that never, what you're saying is you will only follow a God who does what you want. That's what you're saying. You will only follow a God who's bowing to you and what you want. And as soon as God starts to be or do what you don't want, then you won't follow him. You're not following God, you're following yourself. And I said, as a matter of fact, you have so bowed down to what you want that you think being a Christian means God will bow down to you too. And he won't. God will never bless that. And he said, well, I guess I I see your point. I said, you need to stop saying that never. You do. And by the way, that never is big in your generation, right? You have friends that say that. I could never follow a God like that. Oh, really? That's not following God. That's following yourself. It makes sense that God is not like what you want. Doesn't it? It's willfulness. And I said this to him, and he said, you're right. And I said, listen, maybe the reason God has you around all these people is so that you could tell them about Jesus and that they could be rescued from, from hell. And he said, well, I could never do that. And I was like, come on, man. Stop saying never. This is the conversation, essentially, that Peter has with Jesus. That's why Jesus rebukes Peter so strongly. Essentially, what Jesus is saying to Peter is, listen, Peter, it was easy to follow me when what we wanted was the same. But now something's different. And Peter, willfulness is rising up in you, and all you're thinking about is what you want. You don't want me to go to the cross and die. You don't want to have to deal with that. And you're saying never, and you're asking me to bow down to you and what you want. And Peter, that's a problem. You want to be God. You want to be God, and you want to determine what happens. And I can't bless you when you're doing that. If you're going to follow me, Peter, you're going to have to follow me even when what I want and what you want isn't the same. You need to bow in obedience. Did you notice that uh, Jesus calls Peter Satan? Right? It's a little extreme, isn't it? Tell you, see it for what it is. See, Satan uh, wanted to ascend the throne and have Jesus bow to him. And that's essentially what willfulness wants. To ascend the throne. I get to call the shots. And you bow to me. I'm not going to follow you if you're not just like how I want. It's crazy. And then Jesus adds this summarizing challenge in the next verse, verse 24. It'll be on the screens. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. See, if, what he's saying is if you want to be my disciple, then you're going to have to stop thinking about what you want. It doesn't matter. Deny yourself. Take up the cross, which is about what he wants, and then you can follow. That's what he's saying. Wilf, and, and listen, willfulness had been there all along. It was just hiding behind the same. It's how we lie to ourselves and, and say that we're obedient when we're really faking it. You can only tell how obedient you are when what you want and what God wants is different. Jesus demonstrates the grit to obey. 
in the Garden of Gethsemane. He demonstrates this. Because we find in the garden, Jesus uh, uh, wrestling with the idea of being crucified, right? And God wants him to be crucified. And Jesus, in his humanity, doesn't want to be just the same thing, right? Peter didn't want him to go to the cross. And in the garden, Jesus is saying, I'm not sure that I want to go to the cross in his humanity. And Peter said never. In Matthew 26, verse 39, we see what Jesus said. There, it'll be there on the screens. Going a little further, that's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he fell to his, uh, with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Meaning, I don't want this. Yet, not as I will. Catch that? Not what I want, but as you will. Not what I want, but what you want. What do you do when what you want and what God wants isn't the same? What do you do? Peter rises up in willfulness. Jesus bows down in obedience. That's what they did. What do you do? (laughs) If you rise up in obedience, essentially you're telling God, you're not the boss of me. I'll do what I want. And uh, God won't bless that. He can't bless that because you want to be God. And so that's why I'm trying to encourage you to have the grit to bow in obedience. If you will bow in obedience, you will rise in God's blessing. I want to apply this to just some real life things, just to kind of bring it home, make it real for you. First, let's talk about an easy one. Let's talk about entertainment, the things you watch, the things you hear. Right? What do you do when what you want to watch and what God wants you to watch isn't the same? Or what do you do if... The song you want to hear and the song God wants you to hear ain't the same. And I'm not saying you should listen to Christian music every second of every day. That's crazy. I'm not talking about that. But there's some songs that I'm pretty sure God doesn't want you to hear. And it could be that you want to hear them. Well, what do you do? What do you do then? There's some stuff on TV, entertainment. There are movies that God wouldn't want you to see and you want to see. And I'm not crazy about this. I don't only watch, you know, left behind or some crazy thing you know i don't know um but but there's stuff there's stuff god doesn't want you to see right what do you do when what you want and what god wants isn't the same see this isn't like hard to understand it's hard to live this is really hard to live let's talk about a a more difficult one let's talk about your finances for a second what do you do when what god wants to do with your money and what you want to do with your money isn't the same. Does willfulness rise up? Or do you know how to bow down in obedience? Perhaps it's just tithing. Or giving to somebody in need. Or being honest uh, at, at your taxes. Or not buying the latest, greatest, coolest iPhone. Or whatever. What do you do in your finances when what you want and what God wants isn't the same. See, if you will bow in obedience, God will bless your finances. He will fight for you, protect you, and guide you, and you'll be blessed. Doesn't mean you get everything you want, but you will be blessed. But if you rise up in willfulness, God will not bless your finances. All right, now let's, uh, you guys get the teaching? You get understand this? Not hard to understand, I guess. All right, let's do one more. Let's talk about relationships, things like dating. What happens in your relationships when what you want and what God wants aren't the same? 
You know, I, I uh, uh, at the church, I get to talk to a ton of single people, and where I'm from, and perhaps it's true here or where you're from or even in your own heart, uh, we've gotten very casual about sex outside of marriage and about sexuality outside of marriage. We've gotten very casual about cohabitation as if living together is no big deal. It's just not a big deal. It's not a, sexuality is not a big deal. And I, I would say, really? Is that really true that it's not a big deal? Because uh, maybe it's just not a big deal to you, but it is a big deal to God. Right? It's a big deal to God, how you handle this stuff. If you only bow in obedience to God when what He wants and what you want are the same, maybe you're not bowing to a God in obedience at all. Maybe you're bowing down to what you want. Do you really believe that God will bless your relationship if it's rooted in your willfulness and your crossing lines, doing what you want? Do you really believe that God would bless that? I think there are probably likely some of you in this room, in your relationship, you are crossing lines, doing things that you know you're not supposed to do. And you desperately want God's blessing on the relationship, but you also are crossing lines. And maybe in a moment like this, you're waking up to the idea that God will never bless this if, I don't, if we don't get right. God will never bless it if you don't bow. I, I totally believe that. And here's just a thought. Here's how you do it. And I'll, I'll give this from like the girl's perspective, but it's not always the girl. Here, here's what you do. If you find, if right now you're in a relationship and you're crossing lines and you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. And uh, here's what you don't do. You don't go have a discussion with your boyfriend. This is not a discussion. This is a decision that you make on your own apart from your boyfriend. And you come to your boyfriend and you tell him the decision you just made. Not have a discussion about it. It's not a conversation. It's a choice that you've made and you say to him, essentially, I'm not doing that anymore. And if you're going to be with me, you ain't going to do that either. Right? And here's just a thought. I was a college pastor for a long time. I would say this to the, to the young people all the time. If you can't say no in the relationship, then say no to the relationship. If you're being manipulated to cross lines, if you can't say no, then get out. If it can't be healthy, then get out of it. You don't want to be, it's better to be single than to be in a sick relationship, isn't it? If you bow in obedience, you will rise in God's blessing. This is true in dating. This is true in marriage. This is true in finances. This is true in character. And in, in, this is true in your career. This is true in every arena of your life. It's why I'm trying to motivate you to go after this. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's blessing. All right. Now, that's kind of the teaching, and you get it. Now, I promised I would talk a little bit about what blessing looks like uh, if I had some time at the end, I do have a, a few minutes here at the end. I want to talk about three ways that uh, obedience, if you bow in obedience, you'll rise in God's blessing. And this has just been very helpful to me, and I'll tell it to you. The, uh, when you bow in obedience, you rise in God's plan, you rise in God's power, and you rise in God's peace. If you will bow in obedience, you will rise in God's plan, you will rise in God's power, and you will rise in God's peace. So let's talk about them one at a time until I, I run out of time. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's plan. Uh, quick story. My wife and I, uh, several, like, uh, I hate telling this story because I, I look like such a jerk uh, when I tell the story, but here I go. Um, 
my wife came to me several years back and said, I want to adopt. And that was like the last thing on earth I wanted to do. So I said, you go ahead, but I'm not. <laughs> like, it'll be your thing. I'm plenty busy. And, and uh, uh, you know, so I told you I look like a jerk in that one, huh? And, and uh, she, she, uh, we just couldn't get eye to eye uh, on this thing. And she just wanted to adopt, and I just didn't. And it was creating tension. So we agreed we would pray about it. So I would pray that she would wake up and be smart and not want to do this. And she would pray that I would grow a heart and some compassion and want to do this. And that's how we would pray for each other. And that wasn't working. And then we had to pray, God, whatever you want. Let's, we're gonna, we both had to surrender. What we want doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter that I don't want to. It doesn't matter that she does want to. What matters is, God, what do you want? And, and uh, as, when we began to pray that prayer together, it became clear God had other things for us. And it's fantastic, and adoption's awesome, but it, we were doing uh, other things, and God wanted us to serve in other ways. But we never would have known that if we hadn't first bowed in obedience to him. Because when you bow in obedience, you rise in God's plan. One of the blessings we get when we obey is we get insight into what God has for us. Very often... We are blinded to God's plan for our life because of willfulness. We can't see what God wants because we're so focused on what we want. If you want to know God's plan for your life, the very first step is to bow in obedience before you know what it is. Do you get that? Before you know what it is, you bow in obedience. God doesn't tell you the plan so that you would consider it. He tells you the plan because you've already bowed to it. You've already said yes, no matter what it is. Very few people ever hear what God wants for them because they can't get over what they want for themselves. If you will bow in obedience, you will rise in God's plan. Second, if you bow in obedience, you will rise up in God's power. God has a vast army of strength at his disposal. He's willing to do for you more than you would possibly imagine all the power that raised Christ from the dead, according to Scripture, is available to us, but most people never realize the power. Most people never walk in that kind of power because you never really experience God's power until you stop saying never. And so you never experience God's power until you bow. God does not empower willfulness. He doesn't lend his strength so that you would get what, what you want. He lends his strength so that you would get what God has for you. When you bow in obedience in any arena of your life, you invite God's power into it. Third, and we'll be done. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's peace. Willful Christians are never really at peace. Have you noticed that? And when you have seasons of willfulness, you're not at peace because you have constant conflict within. Constantly at odds with yourself. It's a miserable thing to be a willful Christian. This is a statement that I tell myself often that settles willfulness in me and it just kind of helps me uh, live in God's peace and it's just something that I've kind of lived by and, and maybe it would be helpful to you. And it's simply this. I'm going to do what God tells me and take what God gives me and that's enough. That's it. Don't overthink this thing. That would be success in my life. If I do what God tells me and take what God gives me, that's enough. Don't need to think about anything else. Don't need to worry about, what about this and that, and this person gets this. No, 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 no. I'm going to do what God tells me, take what God gives me, that's enough. 
And if you will just take that and embrace that as a mantra for your life, I'll just do what he says, take what he gives me, that's enough. You will enter peace. In a world filled with anxiety, you'll just be at peace. When you bow in obedience, you rise in God's plan, you rise in his power, and you rise in his peace. That's what it looks like to be blessed. That's what it looks like to be blessed. So, let me pray for us and we'll be done. Oh, Father, I, I pray for us. God, this is not, again, this is not uh, hard to understand. It's hard to live. This is a generation uh, that you love deeply and that is willful, used to getting what they want. And God, we can even try to create you in our own image and tell you what you have to be like for us to follow you. In this moment, it is clear that that's not even following you at all. That's trying to get you to follow us. And so, God, we bow before you. Perhaps, you know, the, the people in this room have different things in their head where they know they're not bowing. Different arenas of their life. And they're not living in your blessing. God, in this moment, won't you guide them, lead them, show them what it would mean for them to bow in obedience to you and rise in your blessing. Show them. Help us to navigate well the question, what do we do when what you want and what God wants isn't the same? So we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are dismissed. See you tonight.